Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic, starting now. I'm so glad you're with us on Exploring the Prophetic today. It is going to be such a good vodcast, podcast. You can watch it at YouTube. You can listen to it anywhere podcasts are listened to. And we love you, our listeners. You guys have been so amazing. You've been rating, reviewing us, sharing our podcasts all around. And we've been growing because of you. And I love that we're growing this because the vision of this is to allow people to hear God's voice and see impact from what they're hearing in God and their own lives and the world around them. And this is just happening over and over in abundance. I uh, am on like incredible story overload from you, our listeners. Please keep sending those stories in of how God's touching you, how you're hearing him and what's happened through that. We've even had some of our listeners as podcast guests in the last season, season four, now we're in season five. Well, today I have a friend, a long-term friend that I met in my teenage years named Chris Dupre on. He's a worship leader, a writer, and now a screenwriter as well as a pastor. And some of you would know him from his song, Dance With Me, back in the 80s and 90s. Jesus Culture even covered it in the early 2000s again. He's also an author of The Wild Love of God, The Love Project, and Unstuck, as well as a pastor and a speaker. He speaks around the world. And you can contact him to speak at one of your events or be connected to what you're doing as well. I love his story because it comes from the father's heart. He experienced so much of who God is that he had a deficit in his own life with his own natural father. And it was actually blocking him from God. And he wasn't even open to the supernatural or to the word prophetic at all. But when he met with God, when he gave his life to Jesus, Jesus had another plan for him. And man, was it an incredible plan. You're going to want to hear this because some of you are going to find yourself writing Chris's story as he shares. It's going to give you so much hope, so much life. So here's Chris Dupre. My new book is called Encounter, a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. And this book is going to help you to understand the days we're living in right now and have an urgency to meet with Jesus the way that I did through some of these encounters that are going to form your faith. So you can get this book and pre-order right now at bullsministries.com. And there's a lot of things you're going to get alongside of it. So make sure to go to bullsministries.com and pre-order Encounter, a spiritual perspective that will shape your faith for the coming move of God. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm so excited to have Chris Dupre, a long-term friend, him and his wife, Laura, and I. We lived in Kansas City at the same time, and I got to benefit from being in your home group and just being at your house and being around your kids. And I'm just so glad to have you on. It's It's been a long time coming. I'm so glad you said yes, and we were able to do this because I love your stories. You're such a gifted storyteller, and you've had some really mo big moments with God that have really helped a lot of people, including myself that you've written in three different books, but you've also shared them around the world. But Chris, welcome. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. Great to see your face, hear your voice. <laughs> well, vice versa. Well, I'm going to kind of get into it because one of the, the epic kind of stories that really touched my heart and really just caused me to have that, one of those times with Jesus where you just go, wow, like you did this in Chris's life. It really centers around your own father relationship. Mm with your natural dad, and then also God the Father. And I want to kind of go there. I'm going to have you lead us to the opening of how you would open that story. But tell our audience, tell our listeners about this, because I think it's going to help so many of you who are listening or watching the vodcast. 
you're going to be able to relate to Chris and just his life, just because it's a very real life. So go for it. Oh, it's a, it's a very real life. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I, I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy, put the little robe on, did my thing, and uh, went to college and kind of said no to everything that was concerning to God. One year later, I was burned out. And um, my sister ended up leading me to the Lord. And, and wow. it, it was like um, a cloud lifted from my eyes and my heart. And I began to see things in the spirit. But one of the things I didn't realize, I was a wounded puppy. My dad was a POW. He was shot out of a B-17, um, captured, um, put into a, a Nazi prison. Uh, actually, it was Stalag Luft Three, where they did the great escape movie from and yeah. where the stories from. And, and it was a pretty horrible time. He was abused, particularly by a couple of young German uh, officers there, or soldiers, and came out of the war, um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So on the outside, he was a great teacher. The kids loved him. But then he came home and he was Mr. Hyde. And wow. I got uh, abuse from him for years. Um, so by the time I, I'm 19 years old, I, I literally, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. I was hurt. I didn't realize the, the pain that I had and, and how it affected my life. And so when we talk about the prophetic, for me, because of my background, not just with my dad, but my own spirituality uh, and, and religious background, the supernatural is just, you know, it didn't exist. And if you were involved in it, you were, it was silly. Yeah. And uh, though I was in a spirit-filled church, I, I disdained most of what was going on Wow. because of the people that were expressing it mm -hmm. were extremely hypocritical because I saw them outside and outside the four walls of the church. And so I kind of believed there was something, but I didn't want to really have anything to do with it. So one day I'm at work, I come home, I have an hour lunch. And I had been, the one thing I'd been praying is for the Lord to do something in my heart concerning my dad. I didn't know how he would do that. Uh, I didn't really care if he ever did. Um, you know, hate is a powerful thing and it, it empowers you because it's powerful. It empowers you. So I was empowered by disdain and hatred for my own wow. father. Wow. And, uh, I come home from lunch. I get make a bologna sandwich. I'm eating the bologna sandwich in my living room uh, in in Brockport, New York, and which is very cold in the winter. And suddenly, I feel the breeze. Uh, I got my eyes closed. I'm listening to worship music. I feel a breeze. I'm thinking my idiot roommate left the window open in Brockport in the winter. <laughs> and suddenly, uh, I open my eyes. I'm on a hillside, and wow. I have no idea how I ever got to this hillside. I'm not asleep. I didn't. I wasn't doing drugs. I was just suddenly 19, 20 years old, just saved. I'm on a hillside. I'm looking around going, okay, this is supernatural. There's something going on beyond my ability to understand. And without making, you know, keep the story short, Jesus ends up coming. I'm surrounded by some other believers. He ends up coming. Uh, and then he takes me aside. And I can't look at his face because of the shame of my the last year or two of my life. I just... And so many things that were, were just shameful. And so I didn't want to look at his face. And he's literally right here looking at me. And I can see him. Even to this day, I can see his face right there looking at me. <clears throat> and I want to tell him I'm, I'm sorry. And I just, I want to tell him something profound. But all I can do is drop my head and say, I'm sorry. And he wow. takes my face in his hands and looks at me. And he says, I, I, I love you with a wild love. And 
growing up the church that I was in at the time was you don't do anything uh, that's not decent and in order. And the word wild was not a word he would use. We would use there. And so I, I kind of laughed at him and he said, wild, is that, you know, did that term throw you? <laughs> I said, yeah, I, you don't, it's not, couldn't be God. And he goes, no, it, it's wild love because no man can tame my love for you. Wow. And I was just undone. And I buried my head in his chest and he, he held me and I just began to cry. Now, honestly, because of the abuse of my dad, I never had a man's hand hold me wow. in a safe way. As a matter of fact, in high school, when I decided not to go out for basketball as a junior, the coach pulled me in and hit me in the face. Oh and my God. knocked me to the floor. Oh I could have sued him and he'd be, he'd be out of a job. I didn't do that because, you know, I covered for everybody, uh, my dad included. And so to see his hands, his big old hands go around, and they were so powerful and so loving. And suddenly a ball of fire shot from his heart, went into my heart. I fell backwards and fell right into my living room with my bologna sandwich on the floor. And I ran to my bed and I just put my head on my pillow. I began to cry and began to weep uncontrollably for about 20 minutes. I soaked my pillow, it went through, and it soaked my mattress underneath my pillow. That's how many tears I cried in those 20 minutes, to the point where I rang my pillow like that, and it just flooded out. And wow. then suddenly I got up and I went back to work. As I'm going to work, I felt a lightness I'd never experienced before. And I realized that my hatred was gone, and it was replaced by understanding and compassion, that my dad had been shot out of a plane. He'd been abused by German soldiers. He'd been locked away, didn't know when he'd ever get back. And I had never put that into yeah. my brain or my heart. And now com compa understanding leads to compassion. Compassion leads to forgiveness. Forgiveness leads to reconciliation. And that's what happened with my father and I, which sent me on a journey of unveiling, in the little bit that God would let me, unveiling his father's heart for those that, that he loves here. I mean, it's just such a radical story. Like, I'm so touched emotionally. I didn't, you know, that, that feeling of like goose bumps all over my body a couple of times when you're sharing, because there's this thing of like, so many people have a disconnected family model right now. And so many people haven't been touched the way they need to be touched by a man or a woman or whatever. It's like that love, that expressed love. And the fact that he, you didn't even believe in the supernatural and he brings you into a supernatural encounter because that's who he is and shows you his love, yes. reveals himself to you, sends you back, brings healing, inner healing, deliverance, whatever it is. And then you kind of got set up for doing it for other people from that moment on. It, that's our God. Like that's, that's who yeah. he is. And I feel like so many people in the, some of the Christianity that's being preached right now, they don't have the hope that things can really change. So they get, and I love therapy. I talk about therapy all the time on the, even the show. I love therapy and I love people getting, you know, personal betterment, personal change growth but there's something about there's places we can't lead ourselves and there's yes. choices we can't make by ourselves that we need to have a revelation from god for and that's what i love about your story is that he never leaves us in a place that we'll stay stuck which you know is one of your books unstuck he won't let us stay stuck if we'll just love, receive his love and receive who he is and wow what a profound story well th that's what i appreciate you know we're going back and forth here complimenting but i appreciate about about you. I've known you since you were in your late teens. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was a little boy. I saw you minister. We ministered together and rocked the nations for a few years. Yeah. <clears throat> saw you minister at that. And then coming back, we each were separated for a number of years coming back a number of years ago. 
uh, and seeing um, you lead with love. And so watching the prophetic be expressed through love and the Father's heart and care and kindness, um, I hadn't seen that like that. Mm-hmm. I had glimpses of it, but that's to me the power of what you do. It's wrapped in love and it's easily entreated um, and people understand love. They understand how you yeah. make them feel. It's a universal language, yeah. Yes, it is. It's how God wired us. <laughs> and so we're having a little love fest uh, back yeah, and forth. Yeah. But I'm going to go back into your story yeah. in the sense that, so so you end up getting married, having kids, kind of moving into ministry. And you did you start out, I, I don't think I've ever asked you, did you start as a worship leader or was that did that come later? No, I actually started as a worship leader, yeah, okay. in uh, <clears throat> Rochester, New York. Um, I got into, I was saved in uh, 73, and at the very, in December of 73, I did my first worship session with a band and grew into that 74 75 till i was kind of not just within a band that did worship but i was leading worship so it's been what was that 182 years i think Um, (laughs) (laughs) no but it's really interesting to me because i think of like you have this kind of revelation it's how you're birthed into kind of your purpose and who you are your identity and then you become a worship leader like, and you're like actually expressing, cause I think I, you and I both know a lot of worship leaders and I would say there's a good group of worship leaders that aren't in touch with God, the father, they're not in touch with God of love They're They, and they sing about them all the time, yes. but they don't have that personal connection. They have a measure of it. So I don't want to insult or minimize any, but what people do have, but you came along and in some of the worship movements that you entered into, including where we met in Kansas city, mm-hmm. There wasn't necessarily like a love intimacy based expression of worship. There was more of a prophetic expression. A lot of the songs right. were more about us. They were more about um, at the time they were more about um, scriptures spoken or they were about us. There wasn't like that deeper connection, like you, God, you father, it was, and you came in and you, and you spoke all of your songs that you wrote. And so I know this is later than when you started That's okay, yeah. all the songs you wrote including some of the ones that we know, like we, you know, um, dance with me and these kinds of songs, they've really pulled us into like connection, like one-on-one with God. It's like, you felt like you were having an experience. You weren't just worshiping, especially when it was corporate. There was something that would happen where it's like, I love those corporate times even more than, you know, like now I get a lot of that from my own time watching YouTube worship or something, but there was something about those moments where it's like, you were one of the catalysts for, you know, for that personal connection time with God, was that, it was super intentional or is that just came out of your relationship with God? Like, were you like, I'm going to lead in a new way? Cause it really was, it, it was, it wasn't that far for what everybody else was doing, but it had a different DNA to it. Well, I, I learned from people around me. I, I watched people, um, people say that you, you grow, uh, if, if you're smart, you'll watch people around you. You learn from what they do that's successful, but you'll also learn from what they do that isn't. Yeah. And so I, from the very beginning, I watched worship leaders and watched uh, and, and sensed, okay, what is being exuded? Because we all leak. We all leak with what's yeah. inside. So every worship leader is going to leak eventually who they are and, and where they're rooted. And so uh, you, you'll see that in their expression. And I, I was watching during the 70s, um, what was being expressed was celebration because the 70s was God came and he touched the generation and we came out of darkness into light. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, you rejoice. But then the 80s hit and um, without mentioning different names, but <laughs> different um, 
production companies would would produce music that was written and uh, and done in such a way that it it lost the essence of the beauty of the song um and the <laughs> I like your smirk as you're saying it. <laughs> I'm trying to be as kind as possible because I have music with them and with yeah. a number of others. And so what I began to see is I began by the time I got to Kansas City to say that I got to Kansas City in 91, 92. And by the time I got there, I realized that if I if I don't make him shown and known. It's going to be about my expression and my experience. Now, mm-hmm. I'm a presence guy, but it's his presence that I want for people to see. I wanted, I wanted to build an on-ramp to his heart. I wanted people to have those three kind of expressions, uh, one being where you, you, this is a God that you're going to fall on your face. But th- number two, this is a God you're going to be excited for because yeah. you're going to dance because he did great things. But yeah. then this is a God that invites you to intimacy and I didn't see much intimacy. Um, by the time I got to Kansas City, I felt that that's what the Lord wanted me to express most was the invitation to kiss the son and to know him and to love him. But to do that, to know the son, you get the father opens the door. Wow. So that's very, and I would say it's very um, experiential worship, which I really love. And I, I really benefited from that, you know, cutting my teeth on worshiping with you guys in Kansas city, where it's like you, you were, you helped lead us into an experience of worshiping and really giving our fullness to God and, but experiencing him in that worship. And I know some people do a very liturgical where it's just a, an act of obedience. And for me, it's always been this beautiful expression of where I find God the most is in worship. Yes. And I, I think you're one of the, I, I know that Mike Bickwell said it about you, that you were one of the ones who set the tone for everything they built in, in the house of prayer movement later on in worship, because that DNA that I still trace back to that encounter with you, with Jesus. I just think it's so profound when people are encountered by God, what comes out of them is so different than when you just, if you don't have the Bible with the spirit and you just have the Bible and you're just, you know, raw belief, faithing it, you know, versus experiencing and faithing it. I love that part of you. We'll kind of talk about, because what's emerged, what I love is that even in these years of your life, you, to me, from the time I've known you, because I've been, like I said, in home groups and stuff, you were, um, you were a communicator. Like that to me is one of your primary gifts is you have a gift of communicating, whether it's teaching or preaching or worship leading or writing and now screenwriting. Like talk mm-hmm. about how there was a transition in your life because you went from worship leading was your identity in the sense of, you know, in a healthy ways, in the sense of what you did to that transition in a big way to writing and communicating in other ways. Talk about those transitions that happened. Yeah, well, it goes back to a fear I've had since I was a little kid, which was public speaking. That's so funny. You're so good at it. It's so funny you had such a fear. But here's the thing. So many people do. And so it held me back. So I only led worship. I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't speak in front of people because if I ever had the chance to speak, I I would get so knotted up, I'd leave the room and go outside and vomit. And I, I I refused to speak. I'm the only guy in the school history probably that never did a speech in speech class. I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to read, um, you know, as you go through a class and you're reading a book, you know, and yeah. you're doing this. And so Johnny, you read two chapters and or two pages and then Chris, and it's like, I, I would pretend to have bad eyes um, wow. that I couldn't read well. And, and So how did that change? Well, it, it changed when I began to lead worship. I realized that I had something in me I wanted to say but I couldn't get it out. 
So I literally had people fasting and praying with me and pushing me through this. Wow. I, I then went and went to a small group. The group came around and prayed. I asked to start a group. So we ended up with 20 people came over and suddenly I'm now the group leader in my living room and I have to talk, but it was comfortable in my living room. But then I had to, to then change that and put that into standing on a, a platform and talking to people. So it, it took a bit, it took more prayer, but I did. But here's the funny thing is that I got so comfortable with it that one time I, I went up there and I was like, oh, I can do this. This is nothing now. <laughs> and suddenly everything went black. And, I went, <laughs> and I'm standing behind the pulpit. I'm holding onto the pulpit for dear life. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. I can't do this outside of you. And everything just opened up. Oh, wow. And so I feel, I've felt since then that my reliance on him to do the littlest thing that someone might look and say, well, that's just natural and comfortable for him. On my end, it's, I'm on a short leash and it's God. So that, that transformed into speaking. After a while, I was speaking. And then I, I'm, I'm in Kansas City and Biffle comes up to me. We've got thousands of people. I'm standing up playing guitar. And there's thousands of people out in front of us and ministries going on. And Mike comes over to me and whispers in my ear, the Lord told me you're going to write a book. And wow. I said, I don't think that's going to happen. And he walks away. He comes back again about five minutes later, and he says, no, nope, the Lord said you're going to write many books. And I wow. just, I'm laughing. And this happened during ministry. And, and he would come by later on and say, have you started? And I said, no. And he kept doing it over and over again. Finally, I wrote a page and a half. And... Just so that when he came by and he said, have you started yet? I said, oh, yeah, I'm pages into it. <laughs> so he never asked me again. That's awesome. So, uh, but what I what happened is the same thing where I wanted to do music and worship, and then I wanted to speak and communicate and, and show the heart and the, the thoughts of God. I wanted to then be able to go beyond just who's in front of me. I wanted for people I've never met to know the goodness of God. So I began to pen uh, the wild love of God, which is the story of my father, our relationship. And I just knew by the time I was done, my life is going to be about communicating, whether I'm speaking, leading worship, writing. I did a little acting here um, in, a, in, a, awesome. in a short here in, in uh, Pennsylvania. And I love that as well. And it came out well. And so <clears throat> I know that God, I mean, he spoke to my heart years ago. Um, with with the whispers that your life is to communicate the depth of my affection. Wow, what a I statement! That. Yeah, yeah. So the the depth of God's affection it's never ending. The length, the width, the height. Uh, you know, uh, the depth to know the love of God, and then it says which passes understanding, which means I understand it, and then it goes past that. Yeah, and then I understand up to there, and then it goes past that. So that's my heart. Yeah, ever increasing journey, whatever crazy journey, and now he's. I've just finished, uh, I've finished two scripts. Um, I've finished a couple of uh, what I think are, are TV specials, animated specials, one for Christmas, one for Easter. I've got oh, wow. a half a dozen children's stories uh, that are done. And I'm waiting for um, a producer of mine to get back. I have a treatment for it uh, for, my, uh, for one of my movies. And when the treatment gets back, um, I've got a director and a producer that are interested in reading it. I don't know where that will go. All I know is that God recently spoke to me and says, uh, it's time for you to put a new hat on and I'm going to enlarge your tent pips. Man. No, I, I mean, this is huge. Cause like you went from 
very church-centric ministry for, for decades. Very. I'm still then, there. I'm, I'm associate pastor of a church here in Pennsylvania. Totally. But then all of a sudden God gives you a new hat, which is, and I think I'm, I'm looking at where we're going. I mean, for me personally, I, I felt like God showed me 10 years ago that people who have been in the space of ministry are going to lend their talents and their credibility to movies, film, television, music, because God has stories and things and themes that need to be told, but it would be in the mainstream, not just the faith-based. And I do faith-based stuff. I mean, I'm on, I have faith-based TV shows and whatever. I have this kind of podcast and these kinds of things, but I've even been challenged 10 years into the word where I'm like, I need to leave some of what I'm doing, which meant reducing travel so that I could actually sew into some projects. And so we're working on a mainstream film right now too. And I think a lot of people don't, don't see this happening as a theme, but I'm looking at you, Chris, I'm just so encouraged that you're taking the message and the experience that is even bigger than the message experience yeah. that you have with God and saying, I'm going to write a mainstream film with this. I'm going to write children's books. Like, you have no idea. Like, I'm geeking out right now. Like, this is this is <laughs> what I dream of, is that somebody would slow down from just the ministry world of life and say, I'm going to actually export this to the greater world. Because God's about to do something we've never seen before. Most moves of God that we quantify in the church are church-centric, or they're, they happen in one place or a few places, or they happen in one region. And I feel like the next great move of God is going to be happening everywhere at once. Yes, And so, and it's going to happen because people like you lend your cre creativity and credibility to do some things that are totally in your wheelhouse, but you didn't know it until God spoke it to you, which I'm so glad for. And yeah. I'm hoping that some of our listeners will go, if Chris can do it, I want to do it. This well, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm nobody special here. I grew up in a town of 4,000 people and 5,000 cows. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, tell us how to get a hold of the books and how to get a hold of your ministry. Well, you can get find everything there uh, on christuprade.com. It's D-U-P-R-E, and it's everybody pronounces it Dupree or Dupree, but it's Dupree. There's a little accent over the E. Um, and christuprade.com, you can get all the books on Amazon as well. My books and CDs are, are online um, at christuprade.com, and it's, uh, it's, it's all available there. You can contact me through that. It's how my name is pronounced, Chris Dupree, D-O-P-R-A-Y. Because no one remembers how it's spelled. I now have it Chris Dupray, Chris Dupray at Comcast.net. Awesome. So I'm going to encourage you guys to get a hold of Chris and uh, also get the books. The one book that I want to say that I gave to a bunch of my family members was Unstuck, which was your last book, I believe, that you released. And it yeah. just helps Christians who are stuck in their journey to really have some tools that are so practical but so spiritual. And it really helped a lot of friends and family that I got it for. So I'm going to encourage you. All of his books are amazing. They're all, they all stand the test of time, but uh, also the music as well. I mean, your music has led the body of Christ forward. So thank you so much, Chris, for being on today. Thanks for sharing. Oh, about your John, thanks for having me on. I love you, appreciate you, and hope our paths cross many times. Oh, for sure. I love you too, man. All right. God bless. Do you want to be mentored in hearing God's voice? It's not hard, but it takes time, examples, practice, and conversations to really get in the place of being able to get revelation and also to know how to interpret and reply what God's showing you. I have started an online community through our platform, Transiting God Mentoring, where you receive weekly videos, weekly live group mentoring, monthly special events, and all of our past e-courses on the gifts, marriage, and relevant topics to your spiritual journey. Come join me and all my platform contributors to learn how to walk out a thriving journey of hearing God.
Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more. Or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.